1: That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash stuff. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
2: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Jerry's over there, which I don't know if Jerry should be in here for this one. Why not? We're talking male puberty. You and I. We're putting on our, our health class faces. Yeah. Both of us got crew cuts for this one. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a whistle around your neck. <laughs> uh, I'm wearing knee socks and shorts.
1: Yeah, I was taught, uh, because I was um, raised in a, a pretty conservative Southern Baptist home, I was taught this stuff by my... Uh, Preacher? Nope. They didn't talk about this stuff. That's my point. I, I was taught in health class. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, sure. By my... Uh, PE teacher, mm-hmm. uh, this lady who seemed to struggle with teaching boys about puberty.
2: <laughs> I, can, I can't really
1: blame her. <laughs> she tried her best, but this is, you know, when the PE teachers had to teach health as well, and it, I don't think that she got into that profession to teach health. No. She, she was like, I like coaching volleyball. <laughs> right. But um, I don't like teaching boys about puberty. She seemed very uncomfortable. Comes with the job, lady. T.S.
2: <laughs> well, if you are a um, gym coach yeah. and you're teaching a health class right now, and you're using us to
1: teach for you, you
2: owe us some money. Agreed. So we are we're doing a great job so far, if you ask me.
1: I think so. And this is, you know, I think we have a responsibility because I was raised in that thing where like you know my parents didn't teach me this stuff so i think it's important the kids uh puberty's tough i i mean it's I, like I, it's important to normalize it and uh, that kids know that these changes are happening and what they mean and how they function oh yeah you know so and i think this is a bit of a service it was it is it is yes
2: i was talking like we'd already finished
1: oh you were hoping we had <laughs> already
2: finished and this this article by the way was written by uh the great tom chief Oh, yeah. Did a wonderful job. Agreed. Chuck, yes. Did you know that over the last like 150-ish years, um, the average age of puberty in girls has dropped by like five or six years? What? Yeah. So in 1860, the average age of monarchy... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Boy, was that goes back. 16.6 years old. Wow. That's pretty late. Yeah. In 2010, it was... 10.5 years old. Wow. Seems young, right? It does. And everybody's like, what's going on? It's probably the milk. Like, there's some horrible stuff going on. Or they're saying, what's monarchy? <laughs> well, monarchy is the onset of menstruation for yeah. the first time in a girl. Exactly. I think that came up in our totem pole episode. It, it
1: was a long time ago.
2: Yeah. Um, so this onset of monarchy has mm-hmm. decreased by a lot, and a lot of people are alarmed by it. But there are some evolutionary biologists out there who are saying, actually, settle down. We think that this is closer to the normal time when puberty should come on. Gotcha. And that like 16.6 is way delayed. Yeah. And it was actually a relic, a remnant of changes that were brought about by a transition to agriculture. Uh, The result of higher infections and poorer nutrition led to a later onset of monarchy. Well, it's pretty... It's easy to say, well, the, the girls start puberty here, yeah. In boys, it's not quite as defined, but they think that probably boys' age of onset for puberty has gone back too as well.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. So it's uh, we're we're going through puberty younger as young boys as well.
2: Yeah. So even though it is very difficult to say this is when a boy starts puberty, that didn't stop some researchers, especially a guy named Richard Tanner, from trying. He came up with the, the Tanner scale, oh, yeah? which is a scale of one to five in Roman numerals. And it's all based on the growth of your genitalia and pubic hair. Interesting. Yeah. And it's, com- it's, it's not completely subjective, but it's pretty subjective.
1: Yeah. And you might have heard of the Tanner scale by seeing the posters in restaurants all around the country.
2: Yes, right next to the employees must wash hands before returning to work time. <laughs>
1: exactly. All right, so we're talking about puberty, which is uh, that transition um, that all kids go through. We're talking about male puberty, of course, in this case.
2: Just male puberty in this one.
1: Yeah. Even though I already talked about female puberty. Well, we should probably tackle female puberty at some point. Sure. Um, for, for little boys, they generally, like you said, uh, the time has shifted perhaps, but right now... Between the ages of 9 and 18 is when it s- starts through completion, generally. Typically. Typically. Uh, you can start earlier, uh, it can go later. It can follow different courses. Sure. It Absolutely. moves at
2: different speeds in different guys.
1: Yes, and I'm going to say this a few times. If you are a boy out there and you are going through your uh, changes in puberty at different rates than your friends, that is okay. Yeah. You are not a weirdo. It stinks, but it is very normal. That's right. And, uh, you just may, you've heard of the term late bloomer. Mm-hmm. You may just be a late bloomer and that's okay because you will bloom.
2: Well, and you might not even be a late bloomer except for this month. Right, Next exactly. Next month. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, that horse race that you can do with the, uh, spraying the. Yeah, you squirt the water
1: in the hole in the horse's gallop. Right, exactly. Yeah. And they
2: kind of move back and forth. That's a lot like puberty.
1: <laughs> yeah, like once you've really got a, a bead. On that water gun, that's when the horse really starts moving.
2: But practice all you want. You can squirt (laughs) water anywhere, and it's not going to help accelerate your puberty.
1: That's right. All right. So uh, what happens? The beginning of puberty, no matter when it starts, uh, is going to get kicked off when a substance called uh, gonadotropin is released. um, I'm sorry. Gonadotropin-releasing hormone is released in the body.
2: GNRH. That's the big, that's the one that starts it all. That's right. And apparently you
1: have that stuff in your hypothalamus. Yeah, you've got all these things, uh, hormones in your body just waiting.
2: Waiting to come in contact with one another, like uh, nitroglycerin (laughs) coming together, basically. (laughs) So you've got GnRH in your hypothalamus, and apparently it has to move to the pituitary gland for things to get triggered. So puberty is like a Rube Goldberg-esque process. Yeah, so, um, it takes something called GPR54, which is another hormone, to come in contact with, uh, gonadotropin releasing hormone. Right. And then all of a sudden, things start up. And so that, that actually. Which is brew, as w- they say. When that process happens, that's called, um, gonadarchy.
1: Oh, really? Yes. Interesting. I think the reason monarchy was such a funny word to me back when we recorded that, I figured it out all these years later, is it sounds like malarchy. Yeah. Which is just a funny word to me. Right. Because no one says malarkey, but I think it's a great word. Right. So monarchy and malarkey is just a little too close for my taste <laughs> right. to keep me from laughing, you know? Sure. All right. So the stages of puberty, there are uh, generally five um and they overlap and it's one just big, awkward mess. But you can kind of break it down into five stages. Right. Uh The first one is going to begin, uh, like we said, around uh, nine or ten years old. Um Nine's a little early. Uh, 10 is um, what they would consider normal, I guess. Sometimes it might uh, happen as late as 12 to get things going. Which by which time you're like, come on, right. start. Uh, I just remember being in school and some kids were like a foot taller than other ones. Oh, yeah. Like my buddy, Jim, Issa, who you know, like he had a mustache when he was like 13.
2: Yeah, I know. I had a friend like that in third grade.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so again, different timetables for everybody and it's all Okay. Uh, so when this GNRH is released in stage one, uh your testicles are going to start to mature and grow. Uh Your body, your height, you're going to start growing uh, at about two inches per year at this point. Uh Which is
2: pretty significant.
1: Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Growing two inches in a year?
2: When's the last time you did that?
1: I guess probably when I was like 12. Probably. Although I never hit one of those growth spurts like a lot of uh, oh, boys really? do. No. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, here or there. Really? Uh huh. Yeah, I don't really. you like, were just
2: slow and steady wins the race?
1: Yeah, I don't remember any, like, I remember some of my friends that had, um, like their bones would hurt and they would actually have those growing pains.
2: It, I never had that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it wasn't, yeah.
1: But I remember coming back from the summer and a kid would have grown like six inches, it seems yeah. like, in several months. Right. And it would just blew my mind because I was. And like. I was a late bloomer.
2: And like drank wine from a deer skin now. <laughs> <laughs> had a little mustache. Yeah. Though.
1: So uh your testicles are growing and because your testicles are growing that means their house the scrotum is also growing. And all this is because that
2: gonadotropin releasing hormone started up.
1: That's right. Uh, and it's no um accident that it starts with gonad, of course. It's all linked. Right. Um so um your your testicles are growing and maturing at this point but you're not able to reproduce just yet.
2: No way.
1: No, that comes and, a little later.
2: And I, I had a question, like, why aren't we born capable of reproduction? And I thought, like, I would find some stuff on it. All I could find was one single Yahoo Answers question. And everybody was <laughs> like, what kind of a stupid question is that, basically? So <laughs> so that I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I guess it is kind of a stupid question. But the point is, because you're not capable of taking care of yourself. Sure. Therefore, you, you wouldn't be capable of taking care of a baby. Yeah. You have to develop socially, psychologically and physically.
1: Yeah, the female body probably couldn't handle childbirth either. At, at right. Five. So,
2: <laughs> it makes sense to not come out of the womb being capable of sexual reproduction. Yeah. It makes sense for that to have to to develop at some point.
1: Sure, agreed. Uh so the the also in stage 1, um you're going to start getting little fine pubic hairs and uh, uh that's that is called pubarchy. Is it really? Not kidding. Just add archy to anything.
2: Pretty much. I've got ear hierarchy. <laughs> There's all sorts of things that come about.
1: Uh And you might start to get your first erections at this point. Um You are not going to have any idea what's going on with your body, but it's going to happen.
2: Right, unless you take an advanced health class.
1: Right, at like nine years old. Right. Um Or if you have like parents who are comfortable with talking like this. Or an older brother. How they should be. Yeah, but boy, sometimes you're getting bad information.
2: Well, there's um to combat that kind of stuff, there were uh, there have always been um educational films about this kind of stuff. Yeah. I found one from the 50s called Everybody Changes or something like that. Yeah. And it's basically like a track and field coach answering questions right. from his track and field team <laughs> like who all, me, who all seem like plants frankly in uh, this well, thing. Well, it's a film. Um, I guess still. Yeah. Uh but it's pretty it's pretty good. That's on our, it's on our, on our podcast page, yeah. Oh, cool. For this episode.
1: Alright, so that's stage one. Uh, you enter stage two, uh, <laughs> around 12 or 13. Uh, your testicles are still a-growing. Yeah, so that's the thing, and,
2: um, they, they grow faster and most prominently first. Right. That's like the sign that you're in puberty. Everything else might not be happening, but your testicles are probably growing pretty quick.
1: Yeah, and that means- Like that- before your very eyes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Making a whoop sound if you listen closely. Uh,
1: I knew we would be just like two dumb little kids The in crew this. cuts didn't have any effect. <laughs> um, and this means you're going to be producing testosterone as well, uh, which is going to make you crazy as well. Um, you're going to start to grow quicker in height, yeah. uh, two to three inches a year. And, and, and
2: one of the reasons why, Chuck, is because that testosterone is yeah. being produced. So basically, the... Gonadotropin-releasing hormone starts chain reaction, and it leads down to your testicles. Yeah. And it basically says, start producing testosterone. And then that floods the body and has all sorts of crazy effects. But sure. one of them is your bone cells have testosterone receptors, ah. and they grow in the presence of testosterone. So all of a sudden, they're being flooded with testosterone, which is why you grow so quickly, why you undergo gotcha. growth spurts. It's because of the testosterone having that impact on your bones. Awesome.
1: Um, and muscles. And finally, in stage two, uh, those fine pubic hairs are going to start, as my gym teacher said, to become, uh, coarse and curly and darker. Um, you're going to get more erections, uh, more frequently, and your body is just gonna start to become a little leaner. You're gonna start to look, um, a little more like an adult. Um, like a, a tiny adult. Yeah, which is funny, you know, by the end of the fifth stage, they said at this point, you look like a man, your shoulders are broad, but, you know, you look back on your high school pictures and you're like, I look like a little baby. <laughs> like, I didn't start looking like a man until I was in my 30s.
2: <laughs> right. But compared to, like, your six-year-old self. Exactly. You resemble the
1: male physique
2: more than before.
1: Absolutely. Third stage of puberty for boys is going to be 13 or 14. Um Your pubic hair is going to get even darker and more full. <laughs> it's always about the pubic hair. <laughs> well, it's a big change, you know. Well, it's
2: part of the Tanner scale. That's why it's so... Sure. um it's very recognizable.
1: That's right. That's why it's on the poster in Olive Garden. <laughs> uh, your penis at this point is going to start to grow in length. Uh, and, of course, all the while your testicles are still growing, you're getting more and more erections. And your height is uh, going to grow at about three inches per year at this point. And then your voice is going to start cracking, which is uh, super interesting. I know you dug up exactly what's going on there. With your voice cracking?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so remember, testosterone makes stuff grow, basically. And one of the things that it makes grow is your vocal cords, right? Yes. Which are basically two, um, cartilaginous bands that go over your trachea, your windpipe. Yeah. So that when air passes through your lungs past the, the, your vocal cords, it makes them vibrate. Yeah. And that vibration is what your voice is. It creates your voice. When you're a, a younger kid and your vocal cords are still small, they can vibrate vibrate a really fast frequency, like, say, 200 vibrations per second. Yeah, because they're smaller. Right. But as they grow in the presence of testosterone, they grow bigger and thicker, they can't vibrate quite as fast. So they might go down to, like, 130 vibrations a second. Well, that's a lower frequency, which... Eventually leads to a deeper voice.
1: Yeah, it's like a guitar string. The, the thicker guitar string is lower.
2: Perfect analogy. That's yeah. exactly right, right? Another thing that happens, which creeps me out to no end, but it, it's part of it, is your voice box, that part of the, the, the top of your trachea that holds your vocal cords, grows in size. Yeah. And tilts forward. Yeah. And my friend, you have an Adam's apple after that.
1: Yeah, not always. Um, well, I mean, you, some are more prominent than others. Yeah, no,
2: It depends on like the shape and structure of your neck. Sure. But even if you can't see it, if you just kind of rub your finger up yeah. and down from your chin to your chest- It's in there. You're going to feel your Adam's apple. I'm and feeling that mine is, right now, buddy. Oh, it's so creepy. <laughs> to me, it's kind of like it produces the same emotional state as thinking about peeling a fingernail back. Ah, Yeah, really? that's what Adam's apples do to me. Interesting. Like, just the thought of my Adam's apple- Ah, that's I don't so even weird. like to touch it, but I can't stop. <laughs> it's so, so odd.
1: Wow, that is odd.
2: Yeah. But anyway, that's your Adam's apple, and that's why your voice changes. Um, It goes from growing from very small to growing large, and yeah. it deepens. One of the other things, too, Chuck. I thought this one was really cool. The testosterone in your skull? Yeah, the facial bones. Yeah, so, you know, testosterone causes your bones to grow. Mm-hmm. That includes your facial bones as well, and as they grow, um, your sinuses grow, so that means that there's more empty space for your voice to resonate in, which also makes it deeper.
1: Yeah, and they don't know um, evolutionarily exactly why, but the theory is, which makes perfect sense to me, is that um, one, to attract women or to right. in- intimidate other men with that deep voice. Right, yeah. Which, Or just a signal, I've arrived. Don't you hear my voice?
2: Yeah, which sounds totally different. Then when you say, I've arrived, right. <laughs> don't you hear my voice? Yeah,
1: nigga, you haven't arrived. Right. Uh, so that's in stage three. Um, stage four, around 14 or 15, uh, you're going to start getting that armpit hair. You're going to start maybe getting a little facial hair, although I didn't get facial hair until quite a bit later.
2: And I don't even remember when I got it. I think
1: I mean, I wasn't shaving in and high now school. Now I can't get rid of it. I know. Look hey. at me. I look like Fidel Castro. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you wear that hat. <laughs> the, the Castro hat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, your pubic hair is going to get more coarse. Uh, your voice is going to drop even deeper. And you're going to start to get acne. Yeah. Which is really sad.
2: Well, that's part of the result of um, sebum.
1: Yeah, we did a great podcast on acne. Yeah, we did. And uh, I looked this up even. September 2011. The comedo, which is Latin for
2: worm, that's the stuff that you squeeze out of the center.
1: Yeah. I mean, should we just cover what acne is real quick? It's sure. That buildup of sebum, that oil, which is necessary. It waterproofs your skin. Yeah, but you overproduce it during puberty.
2: Yeah, plus you're also sloughing off skin cells at a crazy rate. Yeah, that's and a recipe
1: for disaster.
2: All of those things are trying to exit through pores and hair follicles, mm-hmm. and they can't always make it, so when it gets built up, it it blocks, it goes through the Three Stooges Syndrome of trying to get through the door at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. And then uh, certain types of bacteria, acne bacteria, come in and infect it, and it swells, and then you have a pimple. That's right. That's all there is to it. It's fine. And Tom actually goes to the trouble of providing some advice on what to do with it. And it's great advice, because you think you might want to scrub it to death and use every super drying um, product you can find.
1: Yeah, with a scouring pad. That's the exact opposite of what you want to do. Yeah, because that that can make it worse.
2: You want to gently wash your face or your shoulders or your back or whatever Yeah, or everything a couple <laughs> of times a day keep yeah. it clean.
1: Uh, <laughs> Which if, is a problem because young boys aren't known for loving showers at this point.
2: No, no. But yeah. if this is a thing to you and it's bothering you, then go to the trouble of doing something about it. Yeah. It's pretty simple and straightforward. Just... Wash your face gently with a, a just lightly, yeah, a couple of times a day, and that's it. Um, and don't overdo it because that just irritates it even more. It makes your face so mad.
1: Yeah, that showering thing is so funny to me. You know our buddy uh, Mark Farley uh-huh. uh, from the TV show played Clint Kinkinbeard. Kent Clint Clint and Clint and Beard. Clint Kinkinbeard Beard said that uh, he had a Facebook post the other day about trying to get his son to take a shower. It was just like marching him to the you know, to the firing squad or something. Yeah. I remember that age where I was like, no, I don't want to take a shower. I don't want to do anything. But now, like, the shower is the best part of the day, you know?
2: Yeah. It's nice. I still hate taking showers. Really? The process of it, I'm like, oh, I'd rather be doing anything else. Oh, I love but it. But then afterward, I'm like, man, I, I love showers. Interesting. It's just like going to the trouble of taking it. It's just bothersome to me. Well,
1: sometimes I'll do that, uh, have that thing where I just don't want to be wet. Yeah, that's another one too. So I won't. Or show.
2: in the winter time, you don't want to be—you know—you're going to be cold yeah. afterward, and that stinks.
1: Yeah, good point. And at the end of uh, stage four, um, your penis at this point will start to grow thicker and continue to grow longer. But again, guys, this isn't happening at the rate that you would like. Uh, don't worry about it. Just hang in there. Just hang in there. You're, you'll be okay. You'll be fine. Uh, People and the- have been doing this for.
2: Hundreds of thousands of years.
1: That's right. Uh, and finally, stage five, um, 14 to 18, uh, you're going to grow most of your uh, to, uh, height at this point. Yeah. Although you might grow in your 20s a little bit, but yeah, probably
2: not. Yeah, this is where you're growing the fastest. Um, you You are growing several inches a year basically whereas up to this point you're growing two two to three now you're growing up to maybe five inches in a year that's crazy yeah that's quick growth
1: yeah and that's like when i see my nephew now he's like six one he is so tall (laughs) it's so weird yeah um he's not weird oh no 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 it's weird to see your nephew like taller than you right all of a sudden just want to make sure we clarify that oh he knows he's not weird okay good um your shoulders are going to be broader at this point uh your muscles are going to be more fully developed uh you're going to have new muscle fibers you're going to everything is basically just getting thicker on your body. Yeah. They call it filling out, I think.
2: Again, that's because of testosterone and all of these other um hormones that you are producing. You were producing them mainly at night while you slept before, which is significant that uh, it's released from the hypothalamus because yeah. the hypothalamus also regulates sleep. Right? Um so while you're sleeping the hypothalamus is like, I guess I'll keep myself busy by having some of these new hormones produced exactly as you go further along in the stages of puberty you um actually are producing them all the time right and in vast quantities so that that would account for your muscles growing bigger and your skeleton growing faster than ever and all this hair coming out everywhere and growing coarse and everything (laughs) you know
1: well and that's uh since you mentioned it i wasn't going to bring it up but um your pubic hair in stage five is going to start to Creep all over your body. It's going to be in your inner thighs and creeping up your stomach. Yep. You might get chest hair, mm-hmm. and uh, you're just wondering, what in the world is happening to me? Yeah. Um. So those are the stages, and right after this, we will come back with more on puberty, but not on pubic hair. No, we've got more on pubic hair. More on both.
0: at purdueglobal.edu.
2: So, Chuck, I've got a little more on pubic hair. Okay, as promised. <laughs> um, so there's it's kind of an evolutionary mystery yeah. to why we have it. Um, because if you think about it, it doesn't really do a whole lot for guys. It doesn't protect anything. It doesn't keep vital stuff warm. Oh, it doesn't? Not really. Okay. I thought it would warm stuff up. No, it's like, no, not really. Okay. Not enough to explain like why it's concentrated where it's concentrated mostly. You know yeah. what I mean? So they think probably what's going on is, number one, it's an outward overt signal that this person has gone through puberty and is capable of sexual reproduction. Therefore, he is a viable mate. Right. That's one thing. That especially was a big signal when we weren't wearing clothes back in the day. Yeah. All right? Um, and then secondly, they think also that it is a transmitter of pheromones. Oh, yeah. Uh, basically, that when you when you enter puberty and you start to grow armpit hair and uh, pubic hair and just hair everywhere, you also start to, to um, open up a new type of sweat gland, apocrine sweat gland. Yeah. Whereas before you just smelled like a little angel because you didn't stink because you weren't producing weird types of sweat. Yeah. Once you go through um, gonadarchy all of a sudden you start to stink,
1: yeah, you start to get the little body odor here and there
2: right and even though you don't want to take a shower, everyone else wants you to take a shower so just go take a shower,
1: yeah because you stink stinky little teenager right,
2: and one <laughs> of the things that's making you stink is this new sweat with these new hormones that are coming out, but also supposedly you're still you're producing pheromones as well and these um, although we don't it's never been proven that humans are capable of sensing pheromones on other people. They think that there's a pretty high likelihood that we do, and they think that pubic hair and armpit hair serve as just basically big neon signs for these um, these odor molecules that we're n- not necessarily capable of sensing.
1: Gotcha. So thank you for that, for uh, giving us body odor. <laughs> All right. So your body is growing <laughs> like crazy, growing like a weed, as they say. Yeah. Um, you are probably going to start growing taller than uh, girls in your class who were probably taller than you before that, because uh, girls typically will grow um, height earlier than boys will. Right. I remember lots of girls that were taller than me Mm -hmm. through most of my elementary school. Yeah. Um, But don't worry, guys. You will catch up. And don't worry girls. Yeah, because it's awkward for a girl sometimes to be taller than a boy because of all these weird societal norms. You know, societal norms that are not only weird but wrong, of course. Yeah. Um. When you're an adult, you realize it really doesn't matter.
2: When you are going through puberty, it is the exact opposite of realizing that it doesn't
1: matter. Yeah. It seems like it matters a whole, whole lot. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. That is not the case in reality, however. Right. It's just what you're going through. That's right.
1: Hang in there. Um, you are also going to be gaining weight uh, between 15 and 65 pounds through puberty. Um, your f- extremities are going to grow like crazy. That's why... Teenage boys have these big clunky feet and these unwieldy hands and they don't know how to operate any of them.
2: Right. That's why there's like this associated clumsiness with puberty. It's a real thing. Oh, totally. It's not just this um, character sketch that people use for humor. Like pubescent boys and girls are um, clumsier than any other point in their life because their hands and feet are bigger than the rest of their body. Oh, yeah. That and then also if you ask a psychologist why they're clumsy – Um, they will say that in addition to learning how to use these new bigger hands and feet and Mm -hmm. deal with them, you're also acutely aware you're going through the most self-conscious phase of your entire life. Yeah. So you're suddenly having thoughts like, do I look weird walking? Yeah. And when you stop and think about walking while you're walking, right. that makes walking <laughs> yeah. really hard. So that oh, contributes man. to the clumsiness as well.
1: Yeah. Again, with, with my nephew No, I remember before he was even super tall, I remember seeing these feet one time yeah. when I visited. And I was just like, what in the world is going on down there, buddy? He's, He's all, like, what? I don't know. What do you mean? Yeah, you just had these huge, huge feet, and then the body catches up, and then you lose that clumsiness, and you're like, okay, everything's all proportioned now. Yeah, um, Your chin is going to get a little longer. Your face is changing shape. Your nose thickens up. Uh, and these are just like the physical changes. There's things going on inside your body as well.
2: Yeah, apparently your blood pressure increases. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, your metabolism decreases some, so you're going to start to put on a little more weight.
1: Uh, we already talked about um, the the you're going to start getting a little more stinky, and this is all like the normal course of things. If you start going through puberty too young, that can be a problem. Um, like if if you're s- super young and going through puberty, you might want to see a doctor because this could mean things problems later in life.
2: It's called precocious pubescence. Arky? No, <laughs> no. Arky. But it can be caused by everything from a tumor to well, a tumor. Yeah. They, they um, It's not necessarily a medical problem, but they, it does suggest, this article suggests that if you do, and the Mayo Clinic did too. Really? That if you have a really young kid that's starting to show signs of puberty, you might want to just point it out to a doctor and see what they say.
1: Right. I wonder what age is. If, I guess if nine is early than mm. anything before nine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would guess so. Uh, another thing that's going to happen uh, with your erections is you might have uh, wet dreams. Nocturnal emission.
2: Nocturnal emissions. That's right. And wet dreams apparently is like a very common term. Sure. They used it in that 1950s educational film. Oh, yeah. I remember them saying that in my health class. It sounds like a sequel to Porky's or something, though, you know? Porky's Two wet dreams? Like, yeah. <laughs> Nocturnal emissions is... I mean, it just makes sense.
1: That's right. And that's when that's you... That's gym um, class stuff right there. Yeah. That one's you that means you're, you're asleep, you have a dream uh, that's sexual in nature, and... Uh, if it's a a full wet dream, that means you ejaculate in your sleep and, uh, the first time that happens and you're a little boy, you have no idea what's going on. Um, you just wake up and you're like, what in the world just happened, Right. but nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, hopefully your parents are talking to you about this stuff. All very normal part of the process.
2: Yes. Just quietly take the sheets off your bed and tell your parents that you've decided to start doing your own laundry from now on. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Well, I was a late bedwetter though, so I didn't know what the heck was going on. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I was just leaking fluids at night. I had no idea what to do. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> um, and then erections, you're gonna get erections when the wind blows. Um, you yeah. might get erections in the boys' locker room. Yeah. And they said that is not a, uh, indicator of sexual preference. Yes. Um, it is also a very normal thing that happens.
2: Pretty much anything can do that to you. Yeah. So yeah, don't don't worry about that kind of thing. Again, you really should not base your worldview and your ideas about what life is going to be like on the period of puberty, because no. it is the weirdest time sure. of your entire life, That's right. and not just yours either. Of all of your friends, mm-hmm. of your teachers, yep, your parents, eventually your little <laughs> brothers, sisters, yeah. your parents, everybody. Everybody, the weirdest time in their life is puberty. It's just a really odd experience.
1: All right. You want to take another break? Why not, man? All right. We'll talk about um, these puberty hormones uh, when we come back.
0: At PurdueGlobal.edu.
2: So, Chuck, we talked about that little time bomb of a hypothalamus holding the gonadotropin releasing hormone. Yeah. And it's just waiting for the uh, GPR 54 to come along. That's right. And trigger its release. And the GNRH, the gonadotropin-releasing hormone, makes its way to the pituitary gland, which is a little pea-sized gland that I think it was Descartes thought where the soul resided. Yeah, I think so. He turned out to be wrong, but <laughs> that does actually trigger the production of two other important hormones, right? Um, luteinizing hormone and follicle-stimulating hormone. And these two things are the... the they're kind of like the chemical messengers that go down to the gonads, the testicles, and say, start growing, start producing testosterone mm-hmm. and sperm.
1: That's right. Th- this is the process by which you become uh, able to reproduce.
2: This is the process by which you grow a mustache. <laughs>
1: That's right. Uh, FSH, um, when it reaches those testicles. And That's follicle-stimulating hormone that is going to cause the growth of what are called uh, seminiferous tubules, and those are the, the the tubes, basically, where the sperm is produced. Right. And all this stuff is in your body again. It's just like it's waiting on the go sign. Exactly. You know? It's like this boy needs to become a man. Right. We're just waiting for the signal. <laughs> and it's going to take six to eight years, and then another 30 to 40 years after that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. So with the luteinizing hormone, that... um goes to the testes and it says, hey, there's these things called Leydig cells and they produce androgens, which are hormones that basically help your development as well, including testosterone. And they say, start producing this. So these two things go down and you start producing sperm and testosterone as a result. And the sperm seeks its way out in any way, shape, or form it can, mm. yeah. whether you like it or not. Right. And then the... um testosterone just spreads throughout the body. And again, it does everything from making your f- the bones in your face grow to making your voice crack like Peter Brady to making you grow a foot in a couple of
1: years. Yeah. Um, to growing a mustache. That's right. <laughs> Not ironically either. Because when you did it when you were 13, you were super cool.
2: You know who is like the best example of a pubescent boy on television, I think? Do you ever watch King of the Hill? Oh, sure. Remember Joseph? I don't
1: remember Joseph. Was he, oh, the, was he the he neighbor? He was
2: Dale's son, but really it was John Redcorn's son. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The neighbor, yeah. Bobby's friend, uh-huh. Joseph. He was awesome when yeah. he started to go through puberty. He had like that little mustache. <laughs> yeah. he didn't, he'd didn't. He get mad for reasons he couldn't explain. Uh-huh. Just perfect. He was great.
1: I was a big fan of Bobby, too, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's another cool thing. Um, We talk a lot about the physiological things that happen, the the body actually physically growing. Right. But there's also the mind and psychological changes that happen. And your brain is developing in such a way that it's really, really neat. You're going to start having interest in things that you never thought you had interest in before. Um, Yeah. Not just like riding the bike down to the creek and teasing the girls. You start thinking about life and... Why some people are
2: poor and other people are
1: rich. Yeah, or politics.
2: okay. Uh Uh-huh. All sorts of like, Kind of deep stuff all yeah. of a sudden now attracts your attention.
1: Yeah, and you you are going to start kind of thinking about life beyond the three feet in front of your face.
2: Right, or summer vacation.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like,
2: Although summer vacation still rules for a while.
1: Uh-huh. No, yeah, that's true.
2: No need to discount that.
1: No, no, no. But you're going to start thinking about like maybe what do I want to do with my life and what kind sure. of career do I want? Yeah. Where do I want to go to college? Like These things naturally just start popping up. In your head, and with that comes a lot of anxiety because I've never thought about what my place is in the world. <laughs> right.
2: R- well, what if I don't end up being rich? What will become of me then?
1: Yeah, so you're going to be confused. You're going to be anxious. Um,
2: you're also um, going to find that you're attracted to uh, other people.
1: Yeah. That, yeah, that's when those first seeds are planted. And that causes anxiety in and of itself, too. Yeah. Do they like me? Am I good looking? What is good looking?
2: What do do I look dumb walking right now? Right.
1: What is walking?
2: Is my stash <laughs> coming in thick enough? What is a stash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you jest, but it's true. Like when when your brain is bathed in androgens for the first time, they find that not only does it restructure and reorganize the way you think which is why all of a sudden you're starting to think about deeper stuff and yeah. into the future and everything but also the way it worked already changes so this reward pathway that used to get you to go eat more blow pops because they're so sure. great um all of a sudden is now concentrating on finding a date right so you're you're what you place value on Changes, yeah. and that's because your brain is literally saying, "Like, go do this because this is gonna feel great."
1: Yeah, I, I definitely remember of when self awareness sort of kicked in. You know, when you didn't just walk by a mirror, all of a sudden you looked at it and you're like, "Well, this is what I look like. Is that is am I handsome? Yeah. Do I look funny? Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of short. Is that a bad thing? Um, it, yeah it's self-awareness is the best way to describe it and as a result
2: of this depression can set in sure there, there is such thing as pubescent depression which yeah and it is in many ways a very natural result of starting to question things and realizing you don't have all the answers sure and um, it's just things getting more complex
1: yeah that's why it's it's very important for parents to have a to try to have a good line of communication as possible but it's going to be even more difficult because there may be a possibility that you're pubescent boy doesn't want anything to do with you at this point yeah there may be a chance that that's the case well not always though um i was uh or my nephew again i hate to keep picking on him but he's super close to my brother and my sister-in-law and you know they have a great relationship but i'm still i'm sure there's still some bit of that sure uh teenage stuff
2: and that's that's a good thing to have too for the most part that when the when the boy strikes out on his own or doesn't want to have anything to do with you or all of a sudden your car's stupid, so drop me off two blocks from school, <laughs> yeah. that that shows signs of like them forming an independent spirit or whatever. Yeah,
1: there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You should encourage that um, and discourage them uh, being little jerks, though.
2: Like, well, that's you got to walk that fine line. Right. So um, as a parent of a pubescent boy, um, you you have to give leeway but you also have to like curtail behavior that's problematic. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Uh and we mentioned depression earlier. Of course, um keep an eye on that kind of stuff and uh, there's nothing wrong with having your um young boy or girl go uh get like talk to a counselor or something. Yeah. Doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means you may need a little outside help. No shame.
2: No and Chuck, we should say, um, because somebody will write in to let us know if we don't. What we've just described, the social and psychological development of a person, mm-hmm. that's technically adolescence. And adolescence is this whole broad change from childhood to adulthood. Yeah. And actually includes puberty as a component. Right. So puberty is part of adolescence, but yeah. we've been using them kind of interchangeably for the last little bit, but yeah. I think it works.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, um, it can be very trying to uh, raise an adolescent. Um, so hang in there, parents. You, you, you went through it too. And before <laughs> yeah. you know it, you'll all be buddies again.
2: You, you, you have it coming to you basically <laughs> for what you did to your parents.
1: Yeah, pretty much. All right. I think we should finish with some pretty interesting, um, male puberty rights from different cultures.
2: Yeah. Here in America, when you enter puberty and you're a boy, your dad just gives you this kind of awkward, punch in the arm and walks away and <laughs> hopes you don't bring it up ever again. That's the rite of passage for
1: puberty in America. Yeah, that's kind of what happened to me. Um, if you're Islamic, uh, your parents are going to teach their sons um, adulthood and basically say that from the time you have your first ejaculation is when you are responsible for your own actions. Yeah. I guess you have a little more leeway before that.
2: Uh, yeah. Makes sense.
1: Um, if you are uh, Jewish,
2: you might have a bar mitzvah
1: on your thirteenth birthday.
2: Well, whether you like it or not, you officially are a bar mitzvah, a son of the commandment. That's right. Um, but there new traditions have developed where, like, you have do something at the synagogue, and then you have sure. a party afterward. But you're just automatically on your thirteenth birthday bar mitzvah.
1: That's right. Have you? Um you watch Shining Out Live? Have you ever seen Jacob, the Bar Mitzvah boy? <laughs> no, it's really cute. It's uh, it's, is it uh, new? No, she's been around for a while. It's a woman who Vanessa Bear does it. Uh-huh. but she has a little curly wig and a and a yarmulke and sits down <laughs> low in the chair. And the whole concept of the skit is that she um is this awkward Bar Mitzvah boy who can only read like a prepared speech. Right. And so they'll ask her questions and she'll just kind of bat her eyes and then start reading from her prepared <laughs> speech again. And she's like a New Yorker and is, is really very cute and funny. That
2: is cute. So, Chuck, you know, we did a pretty good episode on circumcision. Yeah. A male circumcision. We didn't do female circumcision yet. Not yet. Um, but in, in that episode, we talked mostly about Western circumcision, but in a lot of cultures, including Malaysia and some parts of uh, South Africa, um, circumcision is part of the ritual of entering puberty. Yeah. So you'll be circumcised when you're like 11, 12, 13. Right. Um, And it might be part of a larger ceremony as well. Like um, Aborigines in Australia um, perform circumcision at puberty, but it's also paired with um, what's called a walkabout.
1: Yeah. Uh, When they're sent out to to walk, right? (laughs) Basically, they're (laughs)
2: like, you go away from us and go learn to hunt and survive on your own. But first, we have um, to do something to you.
1: Yeah. Well, they also have, and I was trying to find out how, if this is still done with great regularity, but they also, the Aborigines practice male birth control rituals. So after circumcision, they will pierce a hole through the base of the penis, mm-hmm. put a splinter in there to keep that hole open. So basically... You urinate and ejaculate not through the end of your penis, but through this hole, which makes it really hard to reproduce.
2: Oh yeah, I gotcha.
1: And, uh.
2: That I imagine does make it hard to reproduce.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if this is like what the modern aborigines do or if it's just an ancient custom. It's like
2: their one child policy. Oh, maybe so. I I guess then when you pull the splinter out, it heals up enough to restore reproductive
1: well, no, the splinter is pulled out, and there's a permanent hole there.
2: So then how, how do you reproduce? Well, you, you plug it up with your
1: finger, I think.
2: Oh, compared to that, I'm sure if you're a Pueblo boy, you're like, oh, I just have to take an ice bath. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Which is one of their rituals.
1: Um, there's a tribe uh, called the Itoro tribe of Papa, Papua New Guinea, and they have... Um, Forced homosexuality as part of the, the rites of passage for a boy. Uh, what you essentially do is a boy is paired with an elder man and they ingest semen. And that is part of the ritual to become a man from a boy with this tribe. Uh,
2: so they just drink, there's no sexual act. There's just drinking of sperm.
1: Oh no, it, there's, it's, it's with a sexual act. And then later on you are paired as a man with another boy. Uh, and that is, I mean, it's a tribe of like 1300 people in Papua New Guinea and, uh, they become a mentor. They believe that in the semen is your most concentrated life force. So that is passed along, uh, to a boy. I had not heard that one either. Um, there's a tribe in East Africa where they shave the boy's head and then cut them to the bone on their forehead, three deep horizontal cuts. And they have a scar called a gar, mm-hmm. and it's a symbol of manhood. Huh. Lying on ant beds, the Luceno Indian tribe: um, when you become a man, you are to complete the ceremonial act of laying on an ant bed and being, you know, bitten and stung by ants without reacting. You just have to keep like a stone face. Wow, and that's one of their rituals. Um, and they also are given a hallucinogenic uh, drug just called. <laughs>
2: To exacerbate it or make it better, you think? No, this is afterward, I think. Okay. It's called
1: uh, Tolo Kahi. And that's supposed to help them see visions. Um, I guess it's kind of similar to the vision quest sure. of the Native American. Yeah.
2: Which is the thing, too.
1: Yeah, so those are some of the more interesting ones, thanks to Cracked Magazine. And um,
2: Yeah, remember, I gave up cultural relativism in some respects. Yeah. But I also, it's not really, I don't feel like it's my role or position to persuade other people to feel one way or the other about something. It's up to the individual.
1: I hear you. Uh, I got one more, the, the M-A-T-I-S, the Matisse or Mattis hunting trials. Uh, this tribe, it's a Brazilian tribe. Um, when they uh, send their boys out to come in and hunt for the first time, they put a bitter poison in their eyes that's supposed to improve their vision and enhance their senses. Uh and if that wasn't enough, there's a series of, uh, beatings and whippings that take place Jeez. to make you a man. And then at the end of that, they, um, burn an area of your skin and put this ground up, uh, frog goop, um, in with a wooden needle. And it's a poison that's supposed to increase your strength and endurance.
2: Huh. So I guess that Western American, like, light punch to the arm we is a like symbolism <laughs> of all this other stuff. I'll take that, but my friend. it's true. Boys are treated roughly and definitely more rougher than uh, girls are yeah. around
1: the world. Absolutely. Um, Although I saw some of the girls' uh, pu- uh, puberty rituals and some of those aren't pretty either. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, we need to cover that. Absolutely. We need to do female circumcision and um, female puberty, I guess. Agreed. Those will be coming right up, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, If you want to know more about male puberty, you can type those words in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And uh, since I said search bar, it's time for listener mail.
1: I'm going to call this uh, coincidence. Uh, We get a lot of these where people experience coincidences related to what they're listening to. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is from Andrew in Ohio. He said, on December 13th, I was on the way home from work. And as I do every morning, uh, I'm sorry, on the way to work. I load you guys up on my phone, and I'm uh, taking to some learning adventure. Uh, Today's adventure was how broken bones work. So I'm listening and thinking, uh, you guys start talking about you've never broken a bone before, and I start thinking, neither have I. And you guys both say, knock on wood. Exactly. And I think, "Ah, I don't need to knock wood. It won't happen to me. I get to work, still listening, walking toward the back of my... um, Walking toward the back with a box in my hand, I trip on the carpet, fall, and punch the ground with my right hand. Yeah. He broke his pinky bone clean in two, um, sort of where the, the palm of the hand is, like the bone just below the pinky. And he sent me a picture, and it was just snapped like a twig. And uh, the break was so bad, I had to have surgery to put two screws and a plate in to hold the bone together as it healed. Um, as of now, I'm pretty much healed up. I've lost some feeling in the pinky, some range of motion. But I can say I've got a titanium plate in my hand, so I feel like it's a trade-off. Forget Iron Man, I am Titanium Plate Hand Man, which he says is a working name. So uh, <laughs> he said, thanks a lot, guys, if you happen to read this. Um, please shout out to my fiancé, uh, Allie Spence. Uh, we're getting married in June of, uh, 20th, and I couldn't be more excited. So that is Andrew Hall of Wooster, Ohio. So congratulations, Allie and Andrew. Yeah, congratulations, guys. Watch where you're going, buddy.
2: Yeah, and don't tempt fate, man. Nope. I don't need to knock wood. <laughs> Look what happens. Knock wood. Uh, if you want to let us know how superstition bit you, we want to hear about it. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash You can send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com.